Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Mastery Mindset Podcast, a spot the hub to get your mind right. We know you can't just train the body, Austin. You got to train the mind. The body has limits, but the mind is limitless. If we can win the inner game, we can dominate the outer game. And we have a special guest today, Mr. Austin Byler, uh, former baller with the Arizona, uh, Arizona Diamondbacks organization, founder of Major League University. And when you find people on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on Twitter, you can just feel energy and you can see a sincere heart of passion, of service, of curiosity. And it's so genuine. And this individual, Austin, I want to say, I love your content. It's come, it comes from the heart. And I think we kind of vibe on that, on that, on that wavelength. So uh, uh, listeners, Master Mindset, let's welcome Austin to the show. Colin, I'm fired up, man. The, the vibe is real this morning, man. I like the West Coast time. We're getting it nice and early, chopping it up, and probably the best intro I've ever heard in my life. So uh, kudos to you. Shout out to you. <laughs> I love it. Well, Austin says, super grateful for this time. And we talked about it pre-show is I think we both share this, this passion to understand like the inner game. Like what, it, what separates these top performers? Like, is it uh, it's not just, we know it's not just talent. We know it's not just like skill work. We know it's not just let's go in the cage and hit for five hours. That's going to help you get hits. That's, we know that's not it. We know there's this other layer of, of, of peak performance, which is self-awareness, which is um, breath, which is self-talk, which is mindfulness, which is routine, which is active in how you feel, how to visualize, how to have perspective. I'm not defined by this. So maybe give us your origin story. Like, when did you see that, like, the mindset piece was, like, so huge? Yeah, man, I mean, spot on with all those different pillars. And for me, it really hit home in college. Uh, in high school, you can kind of get by with just pure talent, just because not everybody's as good as you are always, right, and in certain areas. So you can kind of get by a little bit in high school. But when I got to college, real life started to hit. I remember my first year, I was at the University of Nevada, Reno. And when I was there, it was it was pretty challenging because you go from – two games a week, a couple practices scattered in and you play for maybe 20 games a season. And then you got 6 a.m. weights. You're on the track, coaches yelling at you. It's snowing, it's cold. You're not used to cold living in Arizona. And the whole thing just was this whole like 360 model there. And so when I went there, I was like, man, this is hard, right? This is really, really hard. These guys are one, I'm playing with seniors who are 21, 22 years old, much more talented, much more mature, a lot better overall than I was as an 18 year old freshman. And it really hit me in the face. I was about to leave the school. I was getting ready to leave and transfer out back to a junior college because it was so hard. It was challenging. It was difficult. I didn't like the environment at the time. Um, ended up staying there. Thankfully, got to stay there for that next year and for the next four years. And uh, I'd say that next summer, so 2011, my first summer of, of college baseball, um, had a decent spring uh, that freshman season. Got an opportunity, right? I saw the inner game early where there was a three-time All-American left fielder. He was going to get drafted. Dude was a beast. Got in a fight with our head coach. Started to get a fist fight. Kicked off the team. Smell you later. Well, what does that do? Life presents an opportunity for me to step in and play right away. 
and I was so grateful for that and will forever be grateful for that. But I saw what the mind can do. And so I went out to summer ball that summer in Klamath Falls, Oregon. We went up to Washington a lot in a bunch of different areas. And we'll probably talk about that more. But um, I met a mentor. I met a mentor. His name's Aaron Nielsen. Runs Harmony Bats, Harmony Sports now. They do a bunch of different things. And, and Mr. Nielsen is, is the most incredible human being. But what he really did for me was he taught me how to read. He taught me how to be self-aware of, of my feelings, of myself, of the things around me. He taught me a routine and what we call the zero period, the time before the game, owning that preparation period to prepare yourself for the next level. And what I saw personally was I went from hitting 280 with four home runs in that spring to 350 with setting a record for extra base hits, leading the league in homers, all-star, home run derby, all these awesome statistics in the summer league that had teams that were better than what we were playing in that spring season. And so the inner game really started to turn on for me in that, that moment there and, and continued to spiral through that rest of my college career and especially in professional baseball when I started to get to that point. So what would you say as you mentor kids, college, high school, youth, and, and looking back to when you kind of had some, some struggles with confidence, like what, what is it? Give me like, what are some roadblocks that we have to identify? I think that the, one of the biggest roadblocks is failure, right? As simple as it is, as crazy as it is, so many athletes fear failure, whether they don't want to fail out of perception of others, what maybe my mom or dad might think, what my coach might think, how my teammates view me or other teams might see me. When you get to the college and professional level, it's more of the GM, the scouts, the other people around me. And so we put so much pressure on ourselves to succeed. And how I define it is, if you've ever seen Tommy Boy, one of the greatest movies in the world, he tries to put on this really small straight jacket. He's a big dude and he can't get out of the straight jacket. And so for me, I, I almost visualize that as me being in the straight jacket for five or six years of my life. And for a lot of other athletes, they're in a straight jacket the whole year right? because they put so much pressure on themselves. They aren't allowing themselves to break free and be loose. So I would say when that confidence piece starts to hit, a lot of pressure that they put on themselves, a lot of external factors that get in our way, whether it's social media, cell phones, distractions of girlfriends, boyfriends, whatever that might be in those cases. And it really just adds that mental, I almost say clutter, right? It clutters the mind and it doesn't allow you to be free with a clear focus, a clear plan when you step on that field. Um, and a lot of the things you mentioned earlier, right? Having a good breath, a good preparation, right? That can clear up a lot of the confusion in our mind. So, so why do we fear failure so much? I, it's a great question. I, th I think it's more of because we don't want to either one, let other people down or two, we're just, we're just hardwired in the culture that we live in today in perfectionism. And we feel like the Instagram body's got to look perfect. I got to have the right filter and the right tan line and the right this and that. Um, maybe if I'm a baseball player, it's more of my sweet picture and my baseball pants that gets 100,000 likes. And then I post one of me and my family and it gets 10 likes, right? So we view other people's uh, perceptions and they try, and we almost think that what they think about us is who we are. And so in my opinion, there's an identity crisis in our world and not a lot of people really know who they are. And so I define identity as it's not what you do, but who you are and how you treat others. And so for that, I mean, so many athletes are trying to be somebody that they're not, whether it's in high school, travel ball, professional sports, wherever that might be, even in the business world, we're trying to be someone we're not out of greed, right? Out of greed for money or more fame or, or more women or whatever that might look like. Um, and we really put a lot more pressure on ourselves. I would say it comes down to one thing. It's super simple is the reason why we, we fear failure and the reason why we get so tight, hung up and we're not present 
Oh, you can practice when no one's looking, but you you hit bombs and you know lasers, and then when you face that that same competition in games, you struggle. Here's the simple fact, and I, I played at Washington State University, and it was snowing. I know what it feels like to take BP and to play in games, and it's like 30 degrees out. Um, but people are attaching their worth to an outcome. Ooh, I like that. They're they're attaching their well-being and their worth and their identity. I love your how you broke down that word. I, I talk about self-image all the time. You never outperform your self-image. Our limits begin where our vision ends. But if your identity and worth and validation and self-love and self-image is wrapped around a result and this outcome that you can't control, you're never going to be present. You're going to be chasing worth every single day. You're going to be up and down based off of your outcomes, based on you might face a pitcher that's just got her stuff. She's dealing rise balls, change cut pieces, you know, mm -hmm. or um, you're facing a hitter that's just locked in and the ball is the size of a beach ball. You're not defined by that. Who says that you as a human being is defined by, by, by what you do? You're a human being choosing to play a sport, to, to, to sell a product. So, so part of the work is like, who told you that you have to get a hit to, to be loved? Mm, that's so good. I love the, the self-worth, attaching your self-image. Right. right? So I, I just look at children. Children are the best. When they play, mm. dude, they have this short memory. They have, they're on to the next thing, man. Like the last thing's done. They're going to keep playing. So and, and part of getting in the zone, part of being in the flow state is the activity is the reward, not the outcome. Mm. So maybe let's, let's just keep vibing off of this. When you think about like when you were in the zone, in rhythm, when you're coaching uh, your, your athletes or your coaches, how do we get into this, I call it quiet mind? How do we, how do we get in this quiet mind? Because you think about like, like Jeter, when Jeter is hitting, when he was hitting like Hall of Famer, he's only thinking about the matchup. When some, you know, someone's trying to move up from, from double A, triple A, they're thinking GM, they're thinking scouts, they're thinking stats, I need to get this. They're not thinking about the matchup. Mm. the best focus on less not more so help help our listeners how do we get into this like quiet mind yeah i think the, the first step with the quiet mind is run in your own lane right know what lane you're running in own your own role whether you're the pitcher the hitter the d tackle whatever sport you're playing right we can we can compare it to any sport but running in your own lane and knowing what you do best i think so many times we focus on all of our flaws and our failures and if i were to ask an athlete or if you were to ask an athlete hey, what are five things you do really well? And what are five things that you do really poorly? The five things they do well are really hard to think of. I asked an athlete yesterday that, and they couldn't come up with one. And I said, no, <laughs> take, some, take a timeout, right? TV timeout, boom, I'm blowing the whistle. Think about it. Like, what do you do well? Are you a good person? Are you kind? Do you treat people with respect? But the list of things I don't do well continues to grow. So I think just perspective when it comes to that and also simplifying, right? Keeping it simple. We try to crowd our minds and overcomplicate things. With technology, it can be a great tool. But if we can learn to simplify the process consistently, it's going to allow us to perform at a more consistent rate and enhance our performance when we step on that field. So I'm a big believer in thoughts um, and, and just really like, what are we thinking and, and how do we manage some of those thoughts? Because I truly believe that we cannot always control the negative thoughts that come our way, but we can control what we do with those negative thoughts that come our way. And so something that I learned a couple of years ago was asking myself, hey, is this thought true when any negative thoughts start to creep in? So say you're a hitter and you get in on deck and then you're, you're vibing, you're pumped up, you step in the box and all of a sudden you get a little fearful. You see Noah Syndergaard, he's throwing 100 miles per hour, he's 18 feet tall. You're like, oh my gosh, I had no chance. 
what happens here. None of that is true. And if we can become more self-aware, you mentioned in the very beginning, self-awareness is the first step to your success. So if we can become more self-aware, there's so many different things we can do. But the two biggest ones for me is journaling has been huge. I get those thoughts out of my mind. I clear the clutter so I can play more freely or now in business, focus more clearly on the task at hand instead of being so distracted, which mind you, I fall victim to it a lot. And then breathing, right? Finding some quiet time for yourself to sit down, to breathe, go through some breathing exercises, whether you like the Wim Hof, whether you like the typical, right there, boom, the breathe book. I love it. Um, but it fires me up because so many people look at you when you say, dude, take a deep breath. And they're like, what do you mean? I always take a deep breath. So take an intentional deep breath, like a purposeful deep breath, concentrating on your breath, watching it come in and out, focusing on how your body feels, evaluating almost like a body scan mentally. And, and I like it as like a 3D view. Let me just take myself out of my mind for a second, check it from a 3D point of view, and how would I see myself in this situation? So in those moments, if you can just simplify your thoughts, right? And that's hard, it's very, very hard. And if we can commit to those routines that we have as an athlete, when we step onto the field, when we get onto the free throw line, when we're getting ready for a PK, whatever it looks like, we give ourselves a better chance to succeed. But I think so many people overcomplicate it and the mind starts to get cluttered and we think I got to do this, 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 and this. In reality, trust my training, right? Trust my training, believe in what I've prepared for all along. Can you give us like the origin story? Like what, what drives you? Like, was it, you got you know signed? Did you have some failures or some struggles and you're trying to figure it out? And it's like, knowing what I know now, is it a mentor or a coach? Like give us a story on like maybe some, some challenges that, that you, you went through. Cause isn't that kind of the source of like our like power is. When Dude, we, I'm giving you the air nuts. Yeah. yeah. We're blowing up the air nuts on here. It's going out. Yeah. to all the listeners. <laughs> um, You're right though, Colin, you're right. And, the, the source of my story came from like why I'm so passionate about this is when I was young, I always knew that I wanted to impact people and help people. I didn't know exactly how. At that time, I thought when I was 12, 13, 14, it was through baseball. While yes, baseball provided a platform for me to impact others, baseball wasn't the source that provides that opportunity to impact. So when I was 13 years old, I remember coming down the stairs in my house and I'm walking down and my mom was big into the law of attraction, the secret at the time, and just like putting things in, in, into action in the vision board. And so I'm 13, by the way, and, and I have no care for any of this. I'm like, dude, give me the video game, give me a soda and let me go play. <laughs> and that, that was it. And so she says, Austin, we're going to sit down with the family and I've gotten the oldest of six and we're all going to write down our vision board. We're going to put everything on this vision board that we want to come true. And I said, this is so dumb. Like, I want to go back up and play Call of Duty. <laughs> I'm trying to shoot some people. Dude. I'm not trying to go do a vision board. And so I go downstairs, we watch The Secret for an hour or whatever it was. Then we go do our vision board. It's like a three-hour process. And I'm like, cool, this is great. We put it somewhere up. I put up like strong, MLB, like all these things that actually end up kind of coming true, which is really even more creepier, like five, six years down the road. And so the biggest thing is I saw everything that she put on her vision board come true that next year. The financial goals, the car that she wanted, the house that she wanted, the family life that we wanted. All of these little things that were so like, like a lot of the times you just ignore them, they came true because she put it somewhere she could see it every day. So that's where it kind of started. But when I went to college, my sophomore year, I was having a great season. Um, I was killing it. I had Team USA offers. And if that didn't work out, it was Cape Cod League. And I was at the top of every rank in the Mountain West offensively. And I was feeling myself, right? Man, I'm going to be a first rounder one day. Like my dream is coming true. Let's go. 
and I got hurt towards the end of the year. And when I got hurt, I had two choices to make. Get PT, go get surgery, come back next spring and hope to be good. Or the other choice was take meds, painkillers to help my pain at the time, physical pain, and get through some of that to keep playing. And so as an ego, like the ego creeps in and kind of got in the way, I needed to keep playing because I had all these opportunities to up my draft stock and do all these awesome things. And so I decided to take prescription medication. And when I made that choice, I didn't realize that that one choice, my sophomore season as a 19-year-old athlete, would lead to a failed drug test my first year of professional baseball, to insane anxiety and depression through the next two or three years of professional baseball, eventually leading me to say, there's not, it's not just me that's struggling with this. There are hundreds of other athletes in all these different sports across different ranks, high school, college, professional, that are struggling with identity, self-worth, belief in themselves, confidence and handling those things and using external pressures from the world and society that we see today to mask those. And so that's where that source of inspiration really came from. So in 2018, when I was released by the Diamondbacks, went to play in the indie ball for about a year um, and retired from there, I hung it up and I said, look, we've got to make a change. Like something's got to happen. These guys need help, guys and girls. And so at that point, when we started Major League University with the goal of going around the country, speaking to athletes, equipping them with mindset, skills, leadership tools, and just little things that could help them live a healthier, more successful life. And in turn, maybe they play a little bit better too. So that's kind of the, the inspiration of the story, but super passionate about it, man. And, um, I know that there's a lot of athletes struggling, right? It's true. So true. And The the Secret by, by Rhonda Byrne, I listened to that six times in, in one month. Wow. Cause I never heard of this stuff till I was like, like 33. I never heard of like the power of the mind, how to visualize like the power of self-talk. Like I would just like try to work throughout work and grind through being frustrated. I'd take extra hits in the, in the cage, run extra routes, like to get more, you know, balls on my way and this doesn't work, but like understanding like how powerful thought is um, and just what you focus on and your self-image, like it's just life-changing. I'm so excited that there's people like you that are going around the world teaching and bringing this, this knowledge to more people that that's really cool uh let's just shift gears i have a lot of people i i'm also i do train people in business and sales a lot about this i mean sports and business is exactly the same there's no difference there is a goal there's you know team members there's a manager or a coach there's other there's a, other groups trying to get the same business as you there's a winner and a loser like there's a scoreboard there's rankings or sale it's the same thing as sports um so you started a business man let's talk about being an entrepreneur Mm. And, and, and what you learned with how you uh, cast a vision, core values, how do you create a business plan? What, what's your message? How do you reach out to clients? How do you bring value? Maybe kind of walk us through that. Yeah, that's a great question, man. I think uh, I had no business skills leading up to this, um, but I did see my mom start her own business 25 years ago or so and work from home, do the, like have the life that she wanted, financial freedom, life freedom all these awesome things, time freedom, which is the most important one, in my opinion. Um, and so I got to see a skeleton of how to do it from a young age, even though I didn't really know exactly what was going on behind the scenes. And so um, when I first started it, man, and still today, right, it's a, it's a constant evolution. We're always learning things, trial and error. You're trying out a new product or a new opportunity or new idea, which is simply like a new swing or a new arm motion or whatever else you want to compare it to. And um, as I started to get into this, I realized that one, like you have to have the vision for anything to go, um, that so many people don't stick in the fight. They, they back out, they give up after a couple months because it gets a little hard. And, and in the beginning, you take a ton of no's. Like I've gotten so many no's, I can't even count them. 
And so that failure is why we succeed. And that's the biggest. So when you say no, it's like what type of no's would, would you get? So for instance, say you're the athletic director for Washington State University and, and I, I shoot you an email and, and you say we have a common connection, right? So I've found that anybody that we have common connections with, there's a little easier of an entryway, which I'm mm-hmm. sure you found as well. And so that common connection bridges the gap of like, who is this person? Why are they reaching out? To credibility. Yeah. yeah. And credibility. Absolutely. And so um, if I were to reach out to Washington State University and say, hey, coach, Thomas, I'd love to come in and work with your program. We do this, this, and this. This is kind of our list and shoot them an email. Would you be interested? No response or no, we're not interested or get out of here. The stuff doesn't work. Right. So a lot of people who, whether it's a phone call, a lot of emails, tweet, Twitter messages, text messages, right? Yeah, let's talk at this time. And then you never hear back from them ever. And it's just a complete ghost. A lot of no's. But at first, I got really pissed off. I got angry. I'm like, dude, why aren't they responding to my text? I emailed this person four times. What is their problem? And now I'm like, another one, right? It bounces off. Boom, boom, boom. Just allow it to bounce off of you. Because if you allow that to consume you, you never get to the next one. And so how I've looked at it is the right people are going to come around if you continue to put the right energy into what you're trying to achieve. So with the no's, right, and for all the salespeople and people in business, it can get challenging when you're working any sales position. I worked the sales position right as I bridged the gap into starting MLU, which I learned a lot of skills in because I got, I had a, a call count that I had to hit of 50 calls a day. I had a time limit. I had to be on the phone. I had an email limit, all these limits, right? And If you don't mind me asking, what, what were you selling? I was selling fundraisers for athletic programs. So it was kind of in my honey hole, but it was still hard. What, what is it called? E-team sponsor. So they help Got it. Got athletic it. programs do online fundraising. Because I heard of a, a, up here, it's called Snap Race, but anyway. Yeah, same type of deal. Same type yeah. of deal, cool. different company. But, and so you think about it, right? Snap Race, all these other competitors who are reaching out to the same people for the same business with the similar product, just who has better customer service who treats people better, who builds the relationship better. So a couple of things, man, that I've learned in this, and, and it's maybe a little more difficult now with the online virtual world that everybody likes because it's easier to just shoot an email or do this is keep showing up, right? Keep showing up. That has been the, the biggest principle of my life for the last three years is show up and you never know what's going to happen, whether it's to a camp, whether it's to a sales meeting, whether it's to a convention or somewhere where your prospects might be there that you can build those relationships, continue to show up and be brave and, and trust in your abilities and trust in yourself and, and who you are as a person and really good things can start to come out of that. So um, it's been a, a crazy journey, crazy journey. And I'm and my mind's always pinging with other ideas. So I've got to kind of reel it back in sometimes, but you don't know until you try. So I just throw it out there. And if it works great, if it doesn't work, well, hot well and I think you, what you did is a lot of people would um, a dream of doing is they're in like a corporate America setting and they're like, okay, this pays the bills, but this isn't my like fire. This isn't my passion. But you had the courage to identify. I think I see myself more in this lane to connect, to inspire, to work with athletes, to work with whatever, talking about culture, mindset, and how to lead better. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what gave you the courage to move to this f- full time? Awesome question. Um, a lot of prayer. Right, a lot of prayer. That was a big time in my life, like praying over it. It took me four or five months. I knew in October of 2019 that this is where I was trying to go. And uh, in February of 2020, right before COVID hit, is right when I took that leap. So it couldn't have been at a, a better or worse time, right? And so some people look at it as like, 
this is the worst opportunity ever. COVID hits, nobody's allowing people on campus. We don't, sports are cut off. But what it provided was everyone started to realize what was going on up top is serious and we need help up here across all ranks. So for me, the courage really came from the prayer aspect, um, believing in myself and having that thing just tugging on your heart. And I'm sure you can relate to this. Is like, there's something more in you. Like, yes, it pays the bills. Yes, you have great financial security. Yes, it's a great company, like nothing against them. But for me in the lane that I wanted to run, this was really tugging on my heart. I knew I wanted to inspire and go help other athletes. And so um, when I made that leap, it was very scary because I was living in San Francisco and San Francisco is not cheap <laughs> at all. It was uh, a very high rent. So it went from a lot of money to nothing at once. But you never know until you go out and just take that leap of faith, man. And so when I, when I made that leap, it was the most freeing moment of my life. I finally felt like I was free doing what I was meant to do on this earth all along. And so it's just been an upward trend since then with a lot of downward spirals. <laughs> and I love it. And, and I would say you, your knowledge base comes from experience, comes from, it sounds like your, your mom helped shape you with your belief system and some of these, these core pillars of success of you know, vision board, goal setting, mindfulness, you know, how to visualize, but you're probably an avid reader or, you know, podcaster or watch on YouTube, how to do this stuff. So maybe tell us your journey on how do you learn? Does the first step, write it down. (laughs) Or like, or like, what's your process? Do you, I mean, you're probably kind of self-taught. I don't know what you majored in school, but I'm pretty much self-taught myself, but you know, like, how did you, I mean, you obviously have some knowledge. You have your, your philosophy on how to, teach and how to mentor and how to coach you have a business so it's like how did you create this like knowledge Mm, yeah there's probably two things maybe three things one getting in the books and not to study books i'm a firm believer in actually going out and practicing things so getting in front of a a school or a team and just trying it out right trying it out whatever your flaw say you want to go through a goal setting workshop and just go out and do it and if it sucks you learn if it's great you know what works so a lot of just trial and error was one. Two, reading a ton of books, man. I've been an avid reader for a while. Um, and that's really helped me just gain a deeper knowledge of a lot of these things that I can go out and, and just kind of use in my tool bank. I'm still learning, right? Always going to be learning. The podcast, YouTube videos, a lot of Tony Robbins has been helpful. Tom Bill, you, Joe Dispenza, all these guys and girls in the field, just picking their brain and learning from them. If I can't have a conversation with them, at least I can listen to something that they're doing or saying. And then kind of put my own spin on it, right? And, and use it in your own language and your own flavor. Um, and then a lot of conversations with people who are older, wiser, and smarter than myself. Hey, what do you got on this? What is this idea? How do you do this? So picking people's brains in this field, one for sure is Dean Wellams. He does a team elite performance. He'll go around, um, works with Washington State baseball and a lot of different teams. And he came into Nevada for two years when I was there and really helped us shape our mindset. But Picking his brain on his 25, 30 plus years of leadership development, culture building, and different mindset skills and tools for teams has been huge. So learning his exercises, how do you approach a group, um, and, and just going into different things. So a lot of self-discovery, um, but the biggest thing is you got to try it. Right? You got to try it out. I see so many people with these psychology degrees and crazy degrees, and yes, maybe does it give you some credibility? Sure. Does it look great on paper? Yes. But if you can't connect with the group, you're useless. All that knowledge is totally useless. It goes by the wayside. Connection is the number one human element. And you said it before this, human connection is what life is all about. How do we connect with one another? So being on this with you for an hour, 
pumps me up for the rest of my day, gives me some good juice so I can go on and inspire others and learn something new. So that's really where that self-discovery is kind of continued to go on that journey. Yeah, I think a lot of us stop ourselves. It's called imposter syndrome. Mm. Who, who says I'm worthy of this? Who gives me the authority to do a workshop on goal setting? Who gives me the authority to, to coach on leadership or, or, or culture? Well, who, other people with less education, less aptitude IQ are killing all of us because they have this passion to, to, to learn, grow, and serve and help. Um, so I would say if you have listeners, if you have a nudge to do something that like deep pit in your stomach, this little cue where you feel nerves, you feel that like, Ooh, do it. That's the signal. And I love that you said, number one, I wrote down reps, get your reps in repetition is the mother of mastery. And, and right now in, the, in this day and age, like books, you know, oh, I hate reading. Well, do an audio book yeah. and do it on 1.8 speed. You can listen to that thing in half the time. And, and there's so many thought leaders, which you mentioned that there's YouTube videos, there's, there's master classes, there's free, free webinars. And I love number four is have conversations. Who has what you want? Who has the skills that you want? Success leaves clues. Success mm-hmm. leaves clues. Uh, find find mentors who have, have been there done that we get wisdom from experience or by learning from others learn from others is is way cheaper takes way less time way more efficient um that's really cool i agree with everything that you said um i want to ask you a question that i get dms at least once a week mm-hmm. colin how do i get my, my 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 son to be a beast on the field or colin my my, my daughter you know she can practice but she can't do it in games or Colin, my, you know, my, my kid is just a, a nervous wreck. What, 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 what could we do? Mm. So just as someone who's in the same role that tries to mentor and, and just love on people and give them some, some more tools, how to manage some of these things. Like what, what would you say if a parent hits you, Austin, man, my, my, I feel bad. My, my son or daughter just wants to have success so bad. They're trying hard, but they're just not seeing it. Mm. There's, there's a lot of things we can dive into. I think the two, um, two of my favorite ones, at least that I've noticed that have worked pretty well for a lot of the athletes. Um, well, I guess first and foremost, it goes back to the beginning. Stop putting so much pressure on yourself. Like what? What's you're you're not defined by your game. So why are we still finding our identity and our self worth in our results, right? So if, if we're so focused on the result, we're going to press constantly. Second and third, less than two outs. I have to score the guy. You don't have to do anything. What if we just took a good swing or swung at my pitch or had an approach when I stepped in the box? So simple things like that. But the two that I like is routines, right? Routines are incredible. I love them as simple as they can be finding some sort of a routine. If you're a hitter, you step in, find a focal point, take a deep breath, lock it back in. If you're a pitcher, you step off the mound, (sighs) intentional deep breath, focal point, execute your pitch. Um, Those are very simple to do and, and actionable for a lot of athletes. Now, some have trouble doing that, right? So then my maybe it comes a little further where you have to have some sort of a, re- a reset button. So I, I explain it as if you play Xbox, if you play PlayStation, if you play any video games in your life, at some point, you've gotten pissed off, upset, the score didn't go your way, and you threw your controller and you hit the reset button, beep, it clicks, the game resets, the stats don't count, right? So how do we find our own mental reset button where we can just press that button in a moment of stress where there's a pressure situation, there's a lot of things going on and I've got to hone in that focus, right? So having that good routine and a good reset button that can bring you back to home base. Are you going to succeed? 
I don't know. But are you going to be more present? Absolutely. And if you're more present, you give yourself a better chance to be successful. And then the next one would be mental highlight reel. Do a lot of visualization, a lot of breathing, meditation, different things. And you can get in and that's so many different ideas for that, which is awesome. It's really good. If you're just breathing in general, you're doing a good job. But the mental highlight reel and taking athletes back to what were, what were your best moments ever? Like, Colin, how was it when you were in that 11U Little League World Series in the championship game and you took your best swing and hit an oppo taco and you were running around the base with your hands in the air and your parents were cheering, good job, honey, and everyone was so happy. Like, what did that feel like? What was that feeling that you got in that moment? Were you pumped? Were you excited? Were you sad? Were you nervous? Like, how did that experience go for you? And when you start to take athletes back to some of their past highlight reels, it gives them more sense of a purpose going forward of like, oh, the game is still fun. I can still enjoy this moment. I wasn't thinking very much in those moments. I just kind of allowed my natural ability and flow state to take over in that moment. So I think just getting them back to not only trusting in your routine, but is your routine an eight out of 10 or a 10 out of 10? Are you fully intentional with it? Or is it kind of sometimes I get distracted and rush it? Right? Very powerful. And then two, create my mental highlight reel. What are my best experiences on the field? And I had a, a teammate who he really turned it on um, this year. So it was, a year before, he wasn't very good. And then the following year, he had incredible success, led the league in home runs, and just started killing it. And I, and we went to go to the video room, and I was like, dude, why do you only watch your home runs? Why don't you watch, like, the strikeout, the rollover, the pop-up, the swing and miss? He said, Austin, I don't want to see myself fail. I want to see myself succeed and remember what it feels like so I can do it more often. And so I saw him go hit 20-something homers, and I'm like, okay. There might be something to this mental highlight real deal of you just seeing yourself succeed. And that was an athlete who had a lot of uh, pressure, stress, kind of rushed a lot and, and really feared other people's opinions. And so seeing that firsthand, how that helped him go up 10 home runs in a year and have a better average was really, really cool to see firsthand. What, what, what does it say right here? <laughs> Reset. I like it. <laughs> Refocus. Rise. Nice. We're, we're saying we're saying the exact same stuff. I need to so get I, one of those now. I so I well, then it also says you talk about your highlight reel. It also says I have, I am, I will on the other side. Ooh. But um, I'm gonna give listeners five P's. I'm taking notes. Five P's. Parents, how many times have you had parents come to you or coaches like I got my players? They just can't apply it to games or. So the first thing I would say, parents, it starts with you. Parents, it starts with you. Awesome. I used to, to mentor kids a lot way more um, early in my career in, in the mental game. You know, I would ask them, like, one of my first questions is, when you feel fear, where does that come from? Like, when you make a mistake, strike out, make an error, drop a ball, miss a tackle, you have a PK and you miss, or you're a goalie that scores on you, or, you know, you're in band music choir and you make a mistake, and what are you afraid of? Because when you're really young, you, you don't worry about mistakes. You really don't. Mm. What was the number one answer? Parents. Parents. They're not thinking about their teammates or their coach. They're thinking about what's the car at home going to sound like? What mm -hmm. I have to explain myself the moment the game is over. So I was like, parents, you know, how, how many coaches have your kids had in their career, even though they're 12? 100, 50, 200. Mom and dad, how many coaches have you had in your career to be a better parent? Hmm. So is whose goal is it, mom and dad? Is it the kid's goal or is it is it your goal? 
Why are you putting so much pressure on them? Like allow them to be a kid. What's more important, your relationship or how many hits they get? Mm. Like, so mom and dad, you, you think it's like they can't perform. It's you. So you need to look in the mirror and, you know, how you speak and don't say a word. The only thing you should say, this is from Bruce Brown. I, I love to watch you play. That's all you get to say. That's it. That's it. When the game's over, you get to say six words. I love to watch you play. It's all you get to say. This is why grandparents are the best fans. Because grandparents just love on their grandkids. You get money so, if you get a good hit too. <laughs> well, but but sometimes that that causes anxiety because if, if if Johnny gets three hits, he gets ice cream. If Johnny gets no hits, he doesn't get ice cream. So, uh, so you're putting this expectation and this anxiety because if he doesn't get hits, he doesn't get ice cream. So he's getting praise only for outcomes. Mm. So I would say, parents, check yourself. Number one, check yourself. Number one, are you part of the problem? We know that seven out of 10 uh, youth athletes quit by the age of 13. Why is that? It's because of parents. They are associating shame and fear to a sport because it's based on, on, on outcomes. So I would say parents, it, it really is. So you're coming for me. No, you look yourself in the mirror. And am I creating a safe environment? And we know that Stanford has some research on building an environment of resilience. Psychological safety is the number one thing kids need to build resilience. So are they allowed to fail? That's step one, okay? The second P is practice, is practice. We should do a workshop on this, dude. The second one is, is practice because your practice habits, you're just practicing, you're not competing. There's no risk, there's no risk. It's, hey, let's work on the fundies, that's great. Let's work on the fundies, the fundamentals, let's get our timing, our rhythm, let's practice our plays, let's build this, this muscle memory but we have to elevate risk and simulate risk because you're wasting all these reps and practice because there's no risk. So you can't just turn, look at this. You, what, you think you can just go like this? You think you're like Deion Sanders who can just go off a helicopter and run a 4-2, you know? No. So we need to elevate our practice habits. So when you're by yourself, make practice by yourself harder than practice with your, your teammates. With your teammates, make it harder than a game. So once you show up to the game, it's like, do I got this? You know, so how do we elevate risk and challenge and practice? So, you know, keep score, keep count, you make it more difficult, you know? So when you come to a game, like, this is nothing. This is easy. Okay. Now the, the third P I just wrote this down while you were talking. So I, I apologize. I don't want to take this podcast over. I want to ask you more questions, but I get fired up. We're having a conversation yeah. right now. And you said it too. I love that your number one is routines. Dude, routines, routines gives you a sense of, of calm, a sense of comfort. And it's like, yo, do you ever lose your keys or wallet? Mm. Yeah. Cause you don't have a process where you put it every time. So if you develop these routines, and keep practice the same as games, self the same as practice, practice the same as games, you go to this comfort zone. You let your routines take over. Focus on the process, not the pressure process, not the prize. So kids, parents, you are going to write out your, your routines and you're going to practice your routines. It begins before it begins. It begins before it begins. So that at-bat started when you were fourth, fourth up, when you are in the hole. That at-bat's already started. So your breath, your mantra, your routines, your, you know, how you, how many steps, how you dig your feet in the ground, staying present, shooting a free throw. So uh, let, let's, let's get that, that process. Let's write out the routines. And I love how you said reset button. I teach the same thing. 
we all practice for success, but we know that the best performers have a legit quick routine to get back present to respond. Mm. So have a visual cue, have a physical routine and have a, a verbal cue, those big three to get your mind back in the present moment and respond. I'm not defined by this. E plus R equals O, event plus response equals outcome. Now two more, priming is, is, number, is number, number four, priming. Wait a second, I would never tell you to go throw, you know, uh, an at bat without warming up in the bullpen without taking your seven, eight pitches before you, why would I ask you to think critically and to deal with pressure without priming your mind first? Right? So you said highlight reel. We're talking the same language. So, so go there in your mind and mentally, emotionally. The brain cannot tell the difference between a real and imagined event, correct? Mm. So, so why would you not mentally rehearse and see and feel? I, I teach my kids this, dude. My son Baylor had his first game his first game yesterday. I'm gonna, I'm gonna send you. I might cry. I'm gonna send you the video. I'm gonna send, and I don't care. I give two shits about outcome. I don't care if you strike out hundred times. Want you to have fun. Love the game. He was batting leadoff, and he goes up while they're picking. The, he's eight. Put in the machine. He's in the batter's box doing mental swings. His timing. Oh. I legitimately start crying, bro. I don't even <laughs> care if you strike out. But guess what? His first pitch, bro, base hit, base hit up the middle. Let's go. It begins before it begins. Mm. He was he was priming his mind. I said, Baylor, 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 Baylor. I don't care what happens. Just give your brain and body the advantage of just seeing what you want before it happens. Just close your eyes and see the ball that you want to see it big and see, feel the barrel. Just 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 kind of have some fun and just just pretend and and make believe and just, you know, see the but he goes and does it like physically, you know, by himself. There's a video of, of, of LeBron James, you know, uh, pregame was closed, doing all his moves on, on, the, on the block without a ball. There's, there's videos of like Drew Brees doing his whole top 10 plays without the ball every, every Saturday before Sunday. He does his top 10 plays in his mind. So prime. Give your hey parents, give your kids this. This like, you talk about uh, Tony Robbins, the goat. He does a morning priming every single day about gratitude, prayer, and abundance. So give your mind, body, and soul the advantage of priming. It begins before it begins. Everything happens twice: first in our mind, then in real life. So the last one would would be, what did I write down for the last one? Oh yeah, the last one is is about about progress. Progress. Ultimate fulfillment isn't growth. To get motivation is in, is in progressing, improving your skills. When you're a youth athlete, we have, we, have, we have two goals. Am I growing my love of the game and am I getting better? Even if we take that approach as a professional, am I loving the game? Am I improving my skills? So that's it, parents. Beautiful. Yeah, do you want to add? You want to add add some add some sauce to that, brother? I mean, that's that's spicy already. I had a little tapatio in there, but that was that was a solid mix. That was good. I just like the similarities and the the same like the same material and content, different language equals the exact same type of outcome that we're looking for for the athletes. But you hit something on the head, right? Am I growing my love of the game? What if our coaches? tell our athletes what if our parents asked our athletes are you growing the love for this game daily and there's a reason why kids get burned out right the parents the pressures the travel stuff all these competitive environments which are good but also can be bad if we don't learn how to work through them 
And so for a lot of us, we get so tense and, and we put that pressure on ourselves where the game doesn't become fun. My love for the game is falling away. I'd rather play my Xbox. I'd rather go shoot guns. I'd rather go do something outside. I don't know, whatever else a kid would want to do other than play the sport. And the other thing that I want to hit on again is, is it more about your dream as a parent or the child's dream? I mean, I see 9, 10, 11-year-olds, dude, who are going like seven days a week, LeBron James style. And I'm like, dude, in my head, I'm just thinking, what are we doing? Like this poor kid, like, hey, I tell him, hey, go play basketball. Go to the pool and go swimming. Go out to the park and play kickball. Ride your scooter around the neighborhood with your friends if they're outside. Or go knock on a door and ask them. You can wear your mask or not. I don't care. Tell them, hey, let's go play outside and ride our scooter to ride our bikes. Let's go jump off of, like, do something, right? Something that gives you a little more sense of joy and purpose. And, and it almost becomes a job so early nowadays where the kids just lose that passion. And once you get to high school, they're like, I don't even want to do this anymore. I've got a coach who yeah. yells. I've got a parent who yells and puts pressure on me. If I don't get a 4.0, I'm not worthy in my household. If I don't go three for three, I don't get the ice cream cone. If I don't do this, I don't do that. And there's so many things based off of those outcomes and results. So I hit it on the head, man. I wrote all five of those down. I'm going to use those and, and you'll get the cred. But this is perfect because it's so perfect, right? It's so perfect. It goes hand in hand with everything we're trying to give to our athletes. And a lot of the time, that pressure stems from somewhere above where they are right now. Yeah, you have to go to the source. You can't just put a Band-Aid on it. You got to go to the source. And parents, it starts with you. It does. And and maybe you just you lack awareness. I mean, I know my dad loved me to death, but he was that like yeller. He was that super intense dad. You know, he was a great coach, but I just slowly associated worth to performance. Mm. And, you know, one of my favorite things, you know, watching Tom Brady, the GOAT, win his seventh is he was on Nickelodeon and kids were asking questions about you know, football. And they're like, why are you so good? You know what his answer was? Because I love football. Mm. I'm obsessed. I love practicing. I love watching film. I love competing. I love the locker room. I love Sundays. I love Mondays. I love everything about the game. He's not the most talented dude, but he's obsessed. He loves it. He's 43. His, his dietary habits are insane. But it's hard to be great at anything if you don't love it. So parents, you want your kids to be good at it? Create an environment where they love it. Mm-hmm. Where it comes from them. It's intrinsic, not extrinsic. Um, we got to wrap it up, dude. I, lo- I mean, I've, I, I've never hijacked a podcast like that before. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> dude, it was good. Man. I'm, I'm yeah. in this mode right now, man. I'm, I love it. Yeah, I, I apologize. That's a first on the Master Mindset Podcast. Uh, listeners, thank you for letting me go on a rant there. Um, but last question, man, knowing, knowing what you know now, this is from, from Brian Kane, knowing what you know now, he calls this the million dollar question. What would you teach yourself? Like when you were in a moment of like, of like need, I think the biggest, the biggest thing that I would teach myself is stop allowing the outcomes and the results to dictate how you feel in life. Because yes, you might fail to feel, but that doesn't mean you have to go treat your girlfriend the wrong way. It doesn't mean you have to go be a bad son at home and, and yell at your mom for not making the right food or your dad for not picking up the food on the way home. Like, I think it would be more of how can I just enjoy the game in the moment more and embrace the moment rather than constantly seeking results, praise, and accolades. Um, so powerful, so simple, but just embracing the journey. And everywhere yeah. you go is for a reason and a purpose. 
and all those five P's I mentioned funnel into the, the ultimate P, which is, is being present, staying in the present moment. Fear lives in the future, shame lives in the past, peak performance, best version of you, creativity, joy, bliss, flow is in the present moment. Um, so you got this major league university, these camps we're, we're doing. Maybe let us know, give us, our listeners, some, some, in, some information on that, where they can find you, number one, but also if they want to do, do some camps. Why would you know? Well, let's get out of the Northwest and go, go, go somewhere warm, you know? Come on down to sunny Arizona or sunny California. Yeah. We'll yeah. welcome you with open hands. Um, so for to find us, Major League University or Austin Byler, you can find us on all social media platforms at those links, uh, majorleagueuniversity.com. Uh, simple to go find the camps. We'll be in Southern California twice this summer for some prospect events, June 16, 17, and then July 27, 28. Uh, Phoenix, Arizona, August 14, 15. And then potentially Northern California, which might be a little – closer of a, a drive slash flight for the Northwesterners out there. Um, we will be in Oregon for a skills camp for the youth, kind of giving them some fun, allowing them to enjoy the game like we talked about today um, in the end of June in Reno, Nevada, a lot of other places you can find those at majorleagueuniversity.com. But um, all in all, man, our goal is to inspire and, and, and help others become the best version of themselves. And um, we like to do it through sports because we know sports a little more. So it helps us give a nice little avenue to encourage athletes all around the world. Yeah, I feel like the, the best coaches, one question I ask coaches, like, who, who's your favorite coach of all time? And they think about it and they say that. I was like, well, did you learn more about your sport or about life? Mm-hmm. And the answer is about life. So yeah. I wrote down, man, run, run your own lane. You know, process over outcome routines. Journal. Mm-hmm. Have some self-awareness. Don't let it live in your head and sabotage. You let it live on the page. Gain that self-awareness. Remember to breathe. Breathe through your nose, out through your mouth. Slow it down. Reset button. Mental highlight reel. Get your reps in. Listen to Thought Leaders. I love how you said then kind of remix it. Be a DJ. Don't just straight copy. Or at least That's give good. them or, or, or give them the credit. But yeah, I love that. And have some conversations. Who's a mentor you can talk to this week, listeners? Uh, but thanks again, Austin. Loved our conversation. This is the first of many. We end every single podcast with this truth. The body has limits, but the mind is limitless. Mm. You are limitless. All right, dude. Thanks. Appreciate it, Colin. Oh, you know, my, oh, you know, my, oh, you know, my.